from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser. This is your place to grow a business during complete global chaos. First, hey, gotta say, excuse the mess behind me, the boxes. We are moving and in the process of building a bigger and better studio. We'll have this organized within the next few weeks, so just bear with us. Today, though, we're going to be talking about working during a pandemic. First, though, remember, please download the Shark Bite Biz app on Android at the Google Play Store. Just search uh, Shark Bite Biz. You can get every single audio and video version of this show right there in the app, including all the clips. Plus, you can buy our fabulous coffee dead house coffee right there in the app just hit the menu button hit coffee coffee store bing bing boom you're getting the freshest coffee on earth delivered to your doorstep or head right on over to deadhousecoffee.com use the code shark you'll get 20 percent off your order and we'll get all the proceeds to continue building this show back to today's show now we've got an amazing leader Uh, that really focuses on helping women and parents with children grow their careers during these crazy times. So who do we have today? None other than Kristen Baker. Kristen Baker is the Chief Human Resources Officer for LUMO, an organization whose mission is to help companies keep working parents in the workforce. Kristen, also a speaker, frequently presents on important topics such as self-care, leadership, identity, and boundaries. She is a professionally certified coach and a skilled facilitator with hundreds of hours of experience leading business meetings, corporate retreats, workshops, courses, and capsule events. Kristen is fascinated by the mixed bag that is motherhood, and she spends the vast majority of her time listening to mothers, writing to mothers, and creating spaces for mothers to come together. She believes that the collective mom brain has the answers to all that ails us. Kristen is mom to seven-year-old Avery and four-year-old Mila, who is actually a dog, but do not tell her. (laughs) And happily married to Ben, her husband of 11 years. So, hey, without further ado, let's bring Kristen right on in here. Personal growth. Kristen, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. I've been waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, perfect. So we have a tradition on this show. Very first question we ask every single person. Hey, what's your background? What's your experience? What do you do for a living? How did you get there? Basically, tell us in a nutshell, what makes Kristen, Kristen? All right. Well, I'll do my best, but thanks so much for having me on. (laughs) Oh, no problem. Can of worms there, right? Right. I mean, okay, so experience. Let's see. I've got a background, and I think my experience is in people, honestly. Um, I have worked in either leading or managing teams for almost as long as I can remember. Um, my, I used to travel for a living full time. I was what's called a travel director. And um, this team of 25 year olds, we would run like these huge executive like 
corporate event travel programs that were so much fun. And there would be like a hundred of us running this huge, you know, car show for one of the biggest auto dealers in the U.S. Um, yeah, not and, doing so much of that anymore these days. Not right? so much. No, yeah. I miss those days. You know, I, I feel <laughs> oh, for the events industry. I hope they come back soon. <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. We've just had a couple, a couple guests on here talking about the future of the event industry and whether it's going to be hybrid or not hybrid, and a lot of interesting takes in those. Yeah, my husband's still in events, so I, I hear you. He's he's navigating that every single day. Um, yes. Yeah, so from so from there, I was I was in retail management, which um, I worked at a really high volume store, which meant we had to like hire a ton of people during the holidays and then offboard a ton of people, and so. Um, I've been, you know, setting up billions of interviews and screening people and interviewing people and doing all of that forever. And um, in that store, I did a ton of personal development. I, I trained people. I helped them learn how to self-manage so that they could become great managers for the company. And now as a coach, I develop people to their fullest potential. And it's really fun. Um, Yep. And mainly in my job at LUMO, I'm the um, chief human resources officer. So it's about filling the positions and um, bringing on more coaches so that we can reach and impact more people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we were kind of talking about this beforehand. And it's funny for people that have never been on the show before. I always tell our guests like, hey, I'm probably going to interrupt you. If I do, it's because maybe you have an acronym, maybe you set yourself up for your joke, or maybe you just hit on a gold nugget. And when I was looking at Kristen's bio here, she does have an acronym, one that I've never seen before, which is PCC. Now, I know what it stands for as I read through your bio, but can you tell everybody out there watching or listening and what is P P uh, PCC? What does it mean? What does it stand for? And how do you get that title? Yes, it stands for professionally certified coach. I used to be an ACC associate certified coach, which I liked because I am in North Carolina. Therefore, I love the ACC. But then I became a professionally. What? Why can't it be like APCC? <laughs> right. You're right. I mean, yeah. who knows? Like, <laughs> I should right. really. I should really out to them but um yeah it stands for professionally certified coach because coaching is a regular it's a relatively new um career and so it's they have to have ways of you know like measuring how people are doing and making sure that they're coaching to certain tools and distinctions and so the international coach federation they score us and we have to go through a fairly rigorous process of recording calls anonymously of course and um and making sure that we are hitting certain distinctions so that we are serving our clients. Okay. Okay. That's pretty, pretty awesome. One of my friends, uh, one of my really, really good friends, she's been on the show. We're going to get her on the show again, but she's currently setting up her business expansion in Turkey. So apparently my podcast has the way to that's done, but yeah, I know. But uh, Shiny, she's into NFT, um, not an NFTs, I'm thinking cryptos. Uh, um, what is it? The neuro NLP. Yeah, NLP and LP. I'm getting I'm, I have crypto open up on the other screen from earlier. The picket, I got it all across mine. But NLP, yes. 
neuro-linguistic uh, linguistic programming or whatever it's called. And, you know, she's had an extraordinary career doing that as a professional coach. And I guess she got a lot of it from Tony Robbins, but she also kind of made what he does with NLP and stuff like that and made it her own with her neuroshine technology and stuff like that. But she's been extremely successful. I mean, the the coaching sector, people want to grow. And I think that there's a broken education system right now, colleges, universities for career growth in certain ways. And what you learn in school versus how things are in real life are totally different. And I think that's where a professional certified coach or a PCC would actually come in hand. I think what you said about how people are really, they want to grow. That is so true. I think with a, um, there's a way that I look at well-being with my clients and like, Usually we sort of think about drinking water and working out, you know, doing the things that we do to take care of our bodies. But um, a big, huge part of well-being for most human beings is growth. They are looking for growth. Like, this is why you have this podcast. If they weren't wanting to grow, they wouldn't come and listen to this. And so, like, you're right. A huge piece of why people want to grow and develop. And also, you know, as people move up the chain, especially executives when they're moving up the chain in their career, they're often promoted before they're given the tools that they need to be able to, you know, they, they were great at the job they were at in this manager level, but to get to the next manager level, who do they need to be at that level? And that's what we do. Actually like reminding them that they're already enough for that job, but you know, constantly like pulling out the best qualities in people and having them relate to themselves like that. Right, right, right. That that self-improvement part, I mean, that's a big part of what this show is. It's about personal growth, professional growth, and business growth. And I separate that because some people be like, well, isn't professional growth the same as business growth? And I don't think so. I think they're totally, totally different. How you grow a business and how you grow your own personal career or how you grow as an individual, as a person, all three of them are three totally different separate topics would you agree i think this is going to be those one, one of those i moments. think there's crossovers where yeah like i i okay so i come from the school of thought where how you do one thing is how you do everything so if um if, if i'm if i'm talking to a client and they're they're giving me a little slice of the pie of how things are going like in their relationship with their mom and I can see how they're showing up, most likely that's a pattern for them across all their different areas. So while I agree with you that there's like different ways to grow in all of those areas, I think that if you're looking, you know, there's so many people out there that want to talk to a business coach and only a business coach. And I'm like, if you don't do the work on yourself, there's not going to, nothing's going to change in the business. And so I think we, I think we might, I think we may be disagreeing. Uh -oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. See, this is where I kind of, I kind of view it. I, I view it that, I don't know. I kind of put everything in silos and I was taught that from a, I, I wouldn't say young age, but my mid twenties. So it's been a little bit over a decade to where in my previous marriage, my boss, Mike, he was amazing. And he was like, Hey, I could tell when you were fighting with your, with, with your, well, then wife. And I'm like, how? He's like, well, you know, your team would have sales. 
You know, you, you, now you're going to go home and guess what? You still got problems. You're still fighting with her. And you got more problems because now you ain't got no more money either. You know, and so what he had taught me to do was how to separate the two of those to where when I go into work, I'm in work mode. When I am, you know, not working, then I'm in personal mode. Now, I do agree that there is crossover. And this is one thing that I actually teach my current team right now. It's like, hey, how I treat you, how I manage you. That's the same way that I manage our base clients. That's the same way that I manage our prospects. I am totally transparent on the board as far as my basic personality, but that's still, I think, different than, you know, that that's my baseline personality, which does cross over into the professional sector as well, too. Does that make sense? It does. Did I win, yeah. did I win you over a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. See? <laughs> so I want to ask you, one of the big things, and this is hard right now, is goals. Everybody knows you have to have goals, okay? They're the foundation for any type of growth, okay? But we're in a time right now where it's hard. I mean, depending where you live and how lockdowns are or aren't with this current COVID situation. Everything is either a big blur because every day feels the same or, you know, maybe you're in a place that's a little bit more freer and it's just life is normal. But, you know, in places like we went through this with my 18 year old, he, you know, kind of just disappeared, forgot about applying to college, even though I was reminding him every single day. And, you know, even though you have that goal, it's kind of like you forget about it. How do you stay on top of goals and still keep the inspiration to move forward when we're in this COVID-like environment? Oh, my gosh, that is the best question. Seriously. It's, You're definitely so going to come back a second time. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably talk about this for the rest of the podcast and you'd have to interrupt me over oh, and over. Oh, go ahead. Um, I like it. I mean, it's a it's great, good. yeah, it's a great question because I think what you've hit on is like people, it is really hard right now and we have to sort of let ourselves off the hook a little bit when we're, where and when we can. So, um, I think that a lot of people are experiencing like the lack of motivation, the lack of inspiration around things. And that um, what I know to be true about myself and, you know, I'm a coach, so I have to be always thinking about my clients goals, about the goals of my startup, which are many, you know, like started up, started during a pandemic too. So we've got our own goals. I think the first most important thing. This podcast started during the pandemic as well. It It was because. And I'll tell you this just real quick because it'll take 10 seconds. But we started because once I realized like, oh, my God, this flatten the curve two week thing not happening like they're saying and this is going to go on. I've got to find another way to be able to network and meet with people. And I thought digital web, digital networking was like blah at that time it was needle in the haystack so i'm like hey i'm just gonna start a podcast and i'm gonna bring all those needles to me and that's how i meet awesome people like you 
It's so cool. I mean, like, the, so really you use your experience for the, and like created something out of it. And I think that's where we, the place where inspiration lies is versus us like being like, I'm going to resist the experience that I'm having and try to force myself back into some semblance of normalcy. And we like step over the fact that we're, we're losing our minds and we've been trapped in our houses for two years and things are really hard. But when you are like tapped into how you feel you can create something from that place. You're like, I need, I need to have networking. And so I'm going to create it this way instead. In my case, um, Lumo was founded, which is a company that serves initially it was serving working mothers. And, um, we, we started the company in November of 2019. So wait a second, wait a second. Mom's work. What decade are we in? Well, no, dad, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm right? kidding. Seriously, what mom doesn't work is what I want to know. Working no, mothers exactly. is all mothers. Seriously. No, it, it has been. Mothers who work outside it's of the home tough. is how we should Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's been especially tough for them. That's one of the reasons why, uh, like I told you earlier, we had Soledad O'Brien on the show. And yep. with her being... Uh, an executive being on TV, owning her own company and having kids, you know, it's like, how the heck are you handling this? How are you doing this? What's your secret to being a mom and filling all those different roles? And that's why, I mean, out of all the episodes I've done, I think that's my favorite episode because I feel like she really just exposed herself and opened herself up to us and told us how hard it was and and how difficult it was, but how they kind of got through it together as a family. Yeah, that is exactly how we got through it too, because we had such a short time and we were planning kind of like launching the business in the summer of 2020. And when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden every mother that I knew who was in my circles and all of my clients who all happened to be moms were like, we're just drowning. And we were like, all right, we're going to have to, pivot and we're going to need to launch something and create some kind of a community now. And, um, and that meant that we were writing our online program for expecting moms while we were in the first three weeks of the pandemic, which was for me, like, I don't know, I think this is probably all of us, like one of the hardest times of my life. And thank God for my husband, who totally just, you know, he works in events, so nothing was happening. And he stepped up, got our daughter on virtual school, he took care of her all day long. She was five at the time. I mean, it was, it was really, really hard. And like Soledad, I think that, you know, having a supportive partner is really important. But also, I mean, we were inspired by, my team was inspired by how hard it was being. Like it was already hard to be a mom that worked outside of the home. And once the pandemic hit, it was like, it seemed like all of the workload was kind of disproportionately falling on women. And that's what inspired us business that was one of the most vulnerable sectors as well too and i could be quoting this not exactly correct but remember lulu row uh, there's a documentary i think it's on amazon prime about their mlm and you know the multi-level marketing scheme that they kind of did and ripped off all these women and 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 stuff like that but they were particularly targeting women like that i mean even my wife during the pandemic i mean there would be like all these mlm type schemes that would be trying to target her 
take advantage of her and the situation. And me, you know, thank God. And looking at this, I'm like, no, stay away from that. Run away from that. So I, I think, you know, the fact that you have somebody like your company that is going out there and focusing on that demographic to help them influence them and encourage them in some way that's not screwing them over, I, I think is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we just like, there's just this narrative that motherhood has to be this, like this slog and that, you know, like we're victims and it's like this martyrhood situation. And it's sort of just the way it's been set up in the country. And I don't think that that's how it has to be at all. And that's mainly our, you know, kind of goal. But, you know, in speaking about the pandemic and like all the things that it takes to build a business that succeeds and a startup that works, I mean, we've pivoted from really looking at just supporting women to looking at supporting working parents because from all of the, you know, the very large companies that we're speaking to, you know, the Fortune 5 company that we spoke to was like, we needed support parents, you know, like, so we redid our entire Expecting Moms online program, made it for expecting parents, because like, I think the thing that you really need to do is listen and really, you know, like meet the market where it is. If you hear the thing, you know, you know, that, have you heard of that seagull theory when they're like, if you, if you see one seagull and you're off the coast, doesn't mean that you're near land but if you see two seagulls you should pay attention if you see three seagulls you know you're near the land this is like christopher columbus or something way back in the day <laughs> we had like three different companies three different companies no. said to us we need to serve parents and we were like all right parents it is we're gonna redo all of our stuff and it's gonna be for parents no that's that's great though because i mean uh, during that time especially when everything was shut down i mean I, I think it probably did this proportionately affect mothers, women in general, just because, you know, they, even if they were able, okay, you're working from home now, but your kids are also being virtual school. And especially if they're younger, you have to watch your kids to make sure they're actually doing the school while you're trying to work. Oh, and then you also have to make sure that uh, they get lunch and everything else. I mean, we were lucky enough in our situation to where my wife was able to handle our daughter and our youngest is, um, he's four. So he, well, he would have been like two, three at the time when the pandemic started, but he wasn't in school. It was only our, our now nine-year-old. So we only had to work with her, but I mean, even so going back to, you know, March two years ago would have put her in first grade. I mean, that was so difficult getting her to do the classes that I know between some of my meetings, my wife would come in, give me a break, please. I can't do it anymore. And, you know, I, I felt so bad for her because it was it was tough and then and then they're teaching like math and it's not math like when you and i were in school with the no i know i know and it's it is it is crazy like i'm she's in first grade and i can't help her do her math homework I, david i <laughs> totally agree what is this math they're teaching somebody get a teacher on this show and please tell us how to do it because we can't help our kids do math <laughs> I mean, and and that's so the, that is the 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 horrible thing about it then too is that you're you're kind of stuck in the middle because they're not getting the full teaching or education that they actually needed 
the parents can't actually teach them, especially with the math homework, I think, because of the fact they're being taught how to add instead of adding, what is it, like, um, you know, 10 plus 12, they'll make you add, well, 10 plus 10 plus 2 or something weird like that that super overly complicates it. Uh, it's like, this is insane, you know? And, and I feel bad for, and, and, you know, we're saying like in our household, it was mostly my wife, thank God, that went through that experience. But I'm sure there's a lot of families in general or single fathers out there that had that same exact experience that it had to be so hard on them. I never want to go through what we went through again in my life. That was so bad. No, my husband took on because we were so deeply in the middle of like the launch of the startup that we fast forwarded so that we could support women, even though while we were all drowning also, you know, it was just like one of those things where you're like, is this a good idea? But also we have to do it. And he did all of my school and all of her lunches and everything. And I mean, and he's been, I couldn't have done any of this without his support. It's been wonderful. So he does events. He was essentially shut down or digitally transforming, you know, digital events, trying to figure things out. I mean, and, and this is probably get a little bit personal to you as an individual and as a family, but do you feel that you kind of put all your eggs into one basket in a, a little bit because of his situation with work and you got this startup that's just going and you have the pressure like, oh my God, we're in a pandemic. I've got to get this to work. I've got to make that work. Did you feel that way at all? Yes. I, you know what, honestly, in my dark nights, yes. But like, um, like there were definitely moments where my husband's worked remotely for almost six years now. When we moved to North Carolina from St. Louis, he, he became a remote employee. And so like both of us are our customers working from home, which we were really lucky because a lot of people didn't like have a space for it or weren't used to it. I've been working from on my own essentially since I was probably about 25. I could never imagine. I've worked in offices for short stints, but like, for example, my current day job, Vision 33, their main office was in Irvine. I lived in uh, LA County. LA, uh, It was Northeast LA County, Azusa, it's called, which uh, I lived literally 10 minutes from the Sriracha factory. And uh, I love, I eat Sriracha and everything. And they're also one of our customers. So it was really cool. Uh, I went on a tour there monthly, especially because I got 20% off since they were our customer. But anyways, um, you know, for the first three months, I had to be in the office five days a week, nine to five. That was the most torturous uh three months of my life but i had to uh, get ramped up to get the training and stuff like that and then eventually it was like i just showed up whenever i needed to make an appearance because you know i was on top of everything there was no you know top performer all that stuff and you know only very small stints but i've always always have worked from home and i think it makes me more productive too because i realized so long like i don't want to spend time you know, stuck in traffic in LA just to commute to an office for 40 minutes, you, you know, to be in an office for 40 minutes and then leave, it doesn't make sense. 
Yeah. So, anyways, as far as with your business, okay, you explained how it started, how launched. Where do you feel the business sits now? Like, how far have you grown? How stable is the business? I, so it feels like every time we meet with our cohort of coaches once a month, and every time we see them, it feels like it's been like six months <laughs> because of how <laughs> fast it's moving and changing and growing. Um, the business is doing really well. I'm, I'm mostly blown away by, we've had a number of pivots, which I wouldn't, spend the time necessarily sharing with you on this show because it would take too long, but they, you know, it's all been just based on what we were seeing and how we were changing and where we are today is really not where we thought what we were going to start. But um, I believe that this particular time that we're living through is almost like designed for the business that we created without us meaning to do that. We were already going to launch a business that was going to support working Right. But now we're having like the great resignation and people are being really picky about their jobs and companies are really seeing that they need to incentivize workers to stay. They really need to provide them with benefits that aren't like the typical benefits, more that they're more humane. They're looking at how they work. They're looking at flexibility and things that are really important to human beings, you know, I mean, and working yeah, parents. Exactly. That's what we do. We help companies help working parents. So it's like, I feel like we're perfectly positioned in this day and age for, um, to support quite a lot of people. And we have all the structures and the support that we need around us, like all the teams, all the really smart humans, we hire smarter than ourselves. You know, it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, I mean, you brought up the great resignation. What's your general thinking about the great resignation is it something that was just long overdue? Is it just because of the culmination that if people weren't laid off due to COVID, they were kind of like, well, crap, I've got to stick with this job now. It's not a good time to move jobs. And now that things are kind of getting a little bit better, people are feeling secure to jump. I mean, what's your, what's your take on all of that? Well, I can only speak from my experience because, you know, I only have my own experience. So like, I don't know what everybody, what I can't possibly know what everyone is thinking. And I think it really depends on what you're talking about, you know, like in, um, for essential workers, it's a completely different situation than we're talking for blue collar workers and white workers. But, um, my sense of the great resignation is that when COVID hit and we had to go virtual, we became aware of a lot of things that we could do that we didn't have to do the same way that we had always done them before. And everybody knows that like a huge catastrophe is gonna, like good things will come out of it. And one of the good things that came out of it is we discovered we didn't have to do everything in person anymore. And we could be more flexible and still the same work would get done. And so the companies that are, I believe are going to succeed will be the ones that continue to like, keep a pulse on what's going on with their employees and to understand like what's working for them and what isn't. And that aren't so rigid about the way that it's always been before. We're kind of willing to like go with that. And I get how hard this is for them because they're in a time where like they're constantly having, they're probably short staffed and they are like trying to figure out how to communicate back and forth, whether or not they're going to be in the office or not. It's a really hard time for companies and it's hard time for employees too. So I just think they've, they've, taken this time to be like, you know, this is the time for me. This is the time I'm going to 
go out and get something that's not just good enough anymore. Like I'm out, I'm out to get a job that really works. So yeah, yeah, no, I totally hear you. Our company, my day job, Vision 33, believe it or not, podcasting is not my full-time job. But uh, <laughs> uh, Vision 33, I mean, they, they've, been, they've been pretty good trying to do what they, they can within, you know, reason. The one thing I keep clamoring about and I've ignored on is, hey, if everybody's working at home, they're moving a lot less, they're sitting at desk more, you know, everybody originally heard like, hey, the COVID-15 about, you know, people just put it on weight because, you know, you're quarantined in the house, not doing much exercise. I'm like, you know, you got a, a Planet Fitness, which is almost in every city of the country or relatively close to almost. And they're like 10 bucks a month. You know, you can get the black card for um i think 20 bucks a month and it allows you to bring a guest so like you could take your spouse with you i'm like how hard would it be negotiate with them on a corporate level like hey we're gonna buy 200 memberships for you at a discounted rate and give that as one of the perks that really you know on our region it might cost us maybe 150 200 bucks a month and every single person would love it and it also gives them a way to try to maintain healthy while working from home. I don't know. That's just one of the ideas I've always had. Yeah. And I, I think that's like, it's a great idea, especially if you're, if there's like a planet fitness that's near your employee base or, or there, this is something that they're like feeling the pain of, if not having that. But I think like what we want, what the companies ought to be doing is what is the pain that they're feeling and then trying to find something like that, because if they can actually address the issues that their employees are going through and that's the thing, do you know, like right now they don't necessarily have the bandwidth to do that. And that's why like companies like us exist. Cause we're like, let us address the issues for you so that you can go run the business because you're so busy and you're constantly pivoting and you're constantly dealing with new communications and hiring and firing. Like, so that's, that's really hard. And we're actually looking to support the company, support the employees, you know? Right, right, right. Now that that's an excellent point. And I kind of have my idea selfishly because uh, you don't know this, but I injured my back in August. I was pretty much in mobile since August. I had to get not just one surgery because the first surgery failed, but I had to get a second surgery like six weeks later to redo the first surgery and you know since then it was like with all the meds all that stuff i put on like 40 pounds so to me it's like i want to get back down to my pre-injury weight of 190 so i i come from that benefit as a skewed view but i also do see a lot of competitors that add you know part of their benefit package you know is like hey you know gym membership stuff like that and i just threw planet fitness out there as an example because they're one of those national brands and the company like us for my house. Like you said, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, right we're there. spread out all over throughout the country. So there would be very, very few employees that would not have an opportunity to find one within 30 minutes of their house. That's why I threw that out there. But no, I mean, it works. It, as long as you get your bang for your buck is basically the point. Like mm -hmm. as long as they're yeah. taking you up on it, that's the thing is to find out, will they, you know, versus you paying for it and then not having them use it. And again, uh, you know, one other question, I guess we could probably end with this. Um, and I want to lean into your HR experience background. I mean, more retention. What else can companies do 
to retain their talent because like our company, we're super short staffed. Okay. Like really short staff. We can't hire people fast enough. And then if we're losing somebody on top of that, I mean, even with going through doing the post surveys, we do a lot of what you do of what you're saying, but it's impossible to keep, you know, retention at 0%. I mean, what else can companies do to try to minimize the retention, you know, or losing people? Yeah, minimize the turnover. Sure. I mean, so I think it's company by company, but I think the most important thing, there's probably two things. I don't, I think people don't leave companies, they leave managers. And so some of the best that the companies can do is to train up their managers, to support their managers and to make sure that their managers are just connecting with the human being across from them, not just over the work that they're doing, but the person that they are. And when managers ask them, how's your family or are you doing okay, especially like with mental health over the pandemic has been really hard for almost all of us, you know, like everyone, including my dog, Um, then like, like asking questions like that, that aren't just performance based or aren't just like tactical. And this I realize is really hard for managers when they're stressed and under a lot of when they're staffed. And but that's the thing that makes the difference is feeling like somebody cares. And so when companies are demonstrating in any way, shape, or form that they care about their employees outside of just the work that they're doing, they'll keep their people. Compassion. You know, that's one thing that I tell my managers. If we have an employee that is, you know, making a little bit of a noise to get this or that with HR, but they're they're kind of within their rights, I, I remind my management team, hey, don't hate the player, hate the game, you know, uh, remember that and be compassionate towards that because ultimately, um, I'm a strong believer personally in what you're, you're saying. If you ask anybody on my team, you know, one of the top reasons why, why do they stay at vision 33 for the Northeast region, David, they love working with David. They learn off David. I view myself as a professional, you know, coach essentially to them to help them develop their careers because my goal is for them to get promoted, to hit sales targets, to move up the chain. I'm, you know, I feel if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. So if you're at a standstill and you're just complacent, I mean, there's places for people like that too, but you know, really, I try to get the most I can out of my team. And, you know, one of the things that we just started doing is it's been a couple of years, but I just started resubscribing to HBR, uh, Harvard Business Review. And I got monthly management meeting now with my management team. And then we have our weekly sales meeting where we're looking at, hey, what are the experts saying as far as how can we better manage our time with the management team? Or for um, the sales team, it's more like, hey, what are these professors or subject matter experts? You know, what are they saying about business, biz dev and the future of biz dev? And in fact, there was an interesting article in there the other day from the gentleman, I forget his name, but he wrote 
uh, the book The Challenger Sale, which is a very popular sales guided book. And the title of it was, hey, you know, like uh, methods of the past are no longer going to be valid going forward. And this is why. So that's something that we're analyzing with our team. And that's how I view that I kind of help them grow to see more and to look at things differently than they would if they weren't working for me. Is that a good manager in your, in your book? As long as you're connected to them. I think that's the only thing you really have to do. It's like not that hard, you know, when yes, you're would have been okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, exactly what you're saying. It'd be being connected to them and having that, that connection because there, even though you, you're being professional, there is that personal connection as well too you know if they don't like you you're not going to have a productive employee you are absolutely right but i mean i think it's like and it, you have to i do agree with you like they have to they have to be like you have to understand each other i guess they don't totally have to like you but also they you're right that it goes so much farther when they do and when you all are like you know if you have like a meeting that's just like where you're eating food, this is one of the things I miss the most about the pandemic is how business used to be done over a meal. And like that made space for you to have like a conversation that wasn't 100% about business where you were just being two human beings and business gets done so much faster that way. But we don't like, you don't have a chance to do that right now because we're over like we're on a zoom screen all the time. I mean, my team has actual happy hours on zoom because we're that committed to just hanging out with each other. And mostly we're just sending each other. To to drinking or hanging out together? (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm like hanging out in like, you know, the spare bed of my house with a glass of wine. It's pretty sad, but we're still together. And we're like, you know what I mean? Like we're talking, we're like having a conversation that's not work related because we we're so starved for that. We like each other. And we want to start it. Yeah. And that's usually something that we'll do, you know, like we'll jump into a meeting, you know, unless you're in back to back meetings, usually like, hey, if you're meeting and it's uh, five of, we jump in at five of. So that way we can have some of those personal chats, those water cooler conversations. And that's what we that that's what we essentially try to uh, make up for. Even if we run into the meeting like an extra minute or two. If we have a 30-minute meeting, chances are we're not going to need all 30 minutes for that meeting. If we have an hour meeting, we're not going to need all 60 minutes. Some meetings, yes, but very far few in between. And that's where you use a couple minutes here, you use a couple there, and you can still build those personal connections, those personal and professional relationships uh, digitally over Zoom. Surprisingly, so, you're right. You really can. Oh, well, surprisingly, right? oh my God. Not not surprisingly, <laughs> you're right, but it's surprising <laughs> that you can build no, relationships with Zoom. You know, it's like, I'm so surprised yeah. by how, I mean, my team, we've been together, all of us together, two times or one time? Two times. Two times. We've been in business for two and a half now. <laughs> like, we've I, been I've been general times. manager, North, east for three years since they've promoted me and moved me from la to philly and i have had my team together all together probably twice uh in three years you know and i've i've only had 
a few one-offs in between then. And it's just because of COVID, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, hey, Kristen, did you have fun? You survived being jerk bait. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> no problem. One question. How can people reach out to you? How can they find out more about your company? Definitely. Well, you can find us at... Uh, lumoleadership.com. That's L-U-M-O leadership.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram if you want at, it's at kb.coaching. Pretty easy. Kristen Baker. Um, and um, yeah, the, we've, we send newsletters every single week with tips about business and um, parenthood and learning and uh, every single bit of that has been parts the things that we write about are ways that we've made it through this pandemic and they're always specific to like the very week that we are in so in the omicron newsletter you were going to be reading about like that particular <laughs> wave and what was happening and all of like the jerking oh, around wow. that we were doing so i think getting our newsletters is a great way to be in touch with us um we also have a promotion going on right now where our expecting moms online program is open for registration um, it's at a $500 discount right now. And if you sign up before February 17th, you get a free Ergo Baby carrier, which is valued at $200. So this is for expecting mothers. And Will you have anything after February 17th? Because this episode probably won't air right. for about three to four weeks. You're probably, you're right about that. This is something we should have talked about, huh? No, I mean, that, yeah. that program will still be available. It's on the website and um, the okay. promotion might not be going on, but you never know with these things. We always extend that stuff. So who knows? So extend it for Shark Bite Biz. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll make sure, as everybody knows, in the description below, whether on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, Rumble, wherever you're watching or listening to this at, check the description below. You have all the links. And Kristen, hey, thank you so much for coming on. We had a... Uh, uh, good conversation, wide variety of topics from HR to your company, to COVID, to everything. I love these conversations. You're amazing. Love what your company is doing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. It was great. No, no problem. Cheers. Wow, such an amazing chat with Kristen, wasn't it? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, I mean really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your parents, your, your siblings, whoever. Get us out there wherever you dwell on the interwebs, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Minds, Rumble, Odyssey. We're out there. Share us. That's the only way we can grow is by people like you supporting the show. Now let's get back to our rock star guest. Kristen. Right out of the gate, I loved what Kristen said. And remember, she is the chief human resources officer at her company. And she said her experience was in people. And then, you know, she went into the story talking about why that is. But I found that to be awesome. I mean, when I rewatched the interview, I was kind of taking it back. Like, I, I missed that a little bit initially, I think. But then when I rewatched the interview, it was like, holy cow. How many times have you heard or have you said, 
I'm a people person, you know, and hearing her frame her experience, because remember in business, it doesn't matter what you do. Everything is about setting expectations, framing things properly, selling yourself correctly. And for her, she frames her experience around the fact that her experience is people. And that is what I found intriguing and different about Kristen. I really wasn't expecting that, but I love it. And it is so true after hearing the whole story and how we've gone through, um, you know, the business and our personal life and all that type of stuff. And I think it's a very valuable trait for Kristen that she recognizes that her experience is people. And it really helped her build out her career realizing things like that sometimes are just that little nudges you need to take your career to the next level and sometimes it's obvious sometimes it's not obvious and that's where hopefully you have somebody in your inner circle that will tell you you know david you keep doing this and you know that's not a good look you probably shouldn't do that anymore and you know i might not even be aware i was doing it i remember a couple years ago for example I used to have a breathing problem and I used to, you know, huff and puff and it wasn't that I was out of breath. It's just, I was always gasping for air. I wasn't even aware of it until one of the people I was contracting for told me about that. And, you know, I went to the doctor and here just severe allergies I had. They ended up giving me, I think it was singular. I take that pill every single day, day now, as well as a, a little nasal spray and since then, I don't wheeze. I don't breathe heavy. I mean, if I go out and do some exercise, I will. But besides that, you know, it totally changed how I talk and how I give a presentation, you know. So I'm also going to take a little bit more of a personal note here with her interview because she got into the whole family life and it's part of her, you know, shtick as well, too. And I think something that is being underlooked these days, uh, maybe undervalued, you could say, is having a supportive partner, especially if you're in a full family with kids. When COVID hit, her, uh, her husband, Ben, wasn't working in events anymore because they were all pretty much shut down. So he actually stood up to the plate to help out as far as in the home with the virtual schooling with their their daughter and, um, you know, things like that, allowing Kristen to be able to focus on her career. But that teamwork while parroting or even in any relationship is really critical for success, both you and your partner. Now, maybe you have different goals, okay? You and your partner do not need to have the same exact goals. You do not need to be carbon copies of each other, okay? Let's get that clear and out there now. And you may have different goals, different aspirations, but you are working towards those goals, those aspirations together as a team to help each other succeed. That is so undervalued, I think, these days. And really, you need to think of your family just as you think about any other business relationship, okay? Think about it where you count on your co-founders, your colleagues, your team members to really help you achieve your end goals and reach a level of success that you're seeking. That is critical. That goes for both the home and for the business. I know so many people 
that maybe they have the perfect family life, but business-wise, it's a disaster. You know, it's a flaming trash bin. I also know a lot of people that it's the reverse. I used to be like this for many years in my 20s, where business-wise, I was a rock star. I was solid. I was excellent. But my personal life was a train wreck. You know, how do you get the balance to where you could do both? It's very, very hard. But I think I've probably achieved that level or pretty close to getting to that level where everything's balanced. But that doesn't mean that everybody has. And it should be something you're working towards. Anyways, awesome stuff, Kristen. Thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your personal life about us, your business, and the mission that you're carrying out over there at Lumo. Question of the day. How did you get through the homeschooling section during the pandemic and the work from home? I'd love to hear your stories. Leave a comment down below. Do you want to be on the show? We're going to be starting a live stream very shortly in the next couple weeks. It'll be every other with Odata Pine. Uh, we believe it's going to be called Tech Biz ODD. Uh, but something like that, we're working through it. But, um, you know, we're still taking interview requests. Everybody's on hold right now. Um, we're not scheduling people, but we're starting to get the list ready of people to schedule. So shoot out an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that join button. $3 a month, you can support the channel. You become a baby shark. And we get a couple bucks to help us get the message out of small business growth. If not, head on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Please use the code SHARK. You'll get 20% off your fresh coffee order. We'll get all the proceeds again to help continue growing this channel. We're up to nearly 12,000 subscribers in 18 months. We just surpassed a million total views on the channel. So, hey, thank you all for your love, for your support and keep tuned in. You all know this by now, but I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.